Hello and welcome to The Roundtable, a Next Generation Politics podcast. Next Generation Politics is a cross-partisan nonprofit building a movement of young people committed to building bridges across various divides. I'm Inika Kodestane, and this week, Eliza, our correspondent from Real Talk, Isaiah, Madeline, Olivia, and I spoke with Marion Makoshe, the founding fellow of our Next Gen Civic Forums way back in 2017 and 2018. Now, she's a third-year biology major at the University of Vermont and a first-year master's in public health student at the Larner College of Medicine at UVM and the director of policy for Kesha Ram, who is running for state senator in Vermont, among many other things. We had a fascinating conversation about Marianne's trajectory from civic fellow to civic superstar, her thoughts about the impact COVID has had on Burlington, Vermont, and what will be necessary to drive the community forward, and the importance of bringing moral courage to politics. Marianne exemplifies the advice she gave us. Don't limit yourself and don't label yourself. You can and should explore so many different facets of yourself and the world around you. Thank you for joining us. Hi, my name is Eliza. I'm a high school senior from the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm the co-founder of Real Talk. Hi, I'm Inika Kodestane, and I'm a junior from Central New Jersey. In addition to being on the podcast, I'm also co-editor-in-chief for the Next Generation Politics blog. My name is Isaiah Taylor. I'm currently a high school senior at Campus Magnet High School. And in addition to this, I'm also a lead civic fellow for Next Generation Politics Civic Forum. Hi, my name is Madeline Mays. I am a high school sophomore from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm extremely passionate about creating a sense of community amongst, regardless of where they fall on the political spectrum. I think that we need to unite in difficult times, and conversations like this and many others are extremely important. Hi, um, I'm Olivia, and I'm a senior from New York City, serving in multiple capacities um, at NGP. I am the National Director of Outreach and Engagement, as well as a lead civic fellow in, in New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Ramiro. I'm the Gap Year intern for Next Generation Politics. I'm very excited to be here and hopefully increase voter awareness amongst young people. My name is Marion McCoche, and I'm a third year at the University of Vermont in Burlington. So. In the classroom, I'm a biology major and a first-year master's in public health student at the Larner College of Medicine, and I work in a microbiology lab. Outside of the classroom, I'm a distance runner, I'm on the half marathon team, I'm a journalist, and I am the policy director for Kishoram State Senate Campaign. I was one of the first, I guess the first class of civic fellows, and it's great to see the program continue and to thrive. I think your experience like in many ways as a college student, as someone really interested in, in health and also as someone working on a campaign in these times is really relevant, especially during COVID. And just wanted you to elaborate on any experience that's been particularly important to you, whether that be, you know, at college or on the campaign trail. I come from a family of pharmacists <laughs> that um, immigrated from Eastern Europe during the pandemic when nothing was normal. Everyone in my family became an essential worker, including myself. I'm both a vet tech at an animal clinic and an ENT while balancing all of those classes. And I think if there's anything good that comes out of this pandemic, it is that it shows the degree to which inequity exists in the United States. And particularly for me, I see it in healthcare outcomes. And I see it in access to healthcare. And I brought that 
discontentment, that anger, that frustration with me back to school. And I was still working as a journalist in Burlington. And then I kind of jumped on this campaign and our campaign structure, we have three tenants from which we build it. And so, you know, that's environmental justice, that's criminal justice reform, but that's also creating a new economic vision for Vermont after the COVID-19 crisis. And that touches on healthcare, education, and it's also showing me the degree to which you can have local impact. So making sure that our small business owners can stay afloat, that has impacts down the line. If people can pay rent, that impacts whether we can afford to pay our EMTs, and the cycle continues. Uh, Potentially, and I'm wondering if you might be able to elaborate a little bit more on what the challenges are that you're addressing and how they're specific to the area or or not specific to the area. Yeah, definitely. Um, The biggest challenge is that we don't know. And that is kind of where my science background also fits in really well into this campaign. Good policy, sound policy, is evidence-based policy. And in Vermont, particularly during the, the acute crisis, we didn't know who was being impacted and the degree to which they were being impacted. And so our campaign so advocates for collecting, analyzing, and publicly reporting information regarding disparate healthcare access, particularly in rural communities. And we want the information to be broken down by demographic, not only by race, but also by class. These little differences are not little at all. Nearly one in five American households experience a layoff or significant reduction in work hours due to the crisis. And we also know that universal health care is not a right in our country. And a lot of the times, health care and being employed are very tied. And so if you have one in five American households that might not have access to health care anymore, that's really going to impact down the line. Are there any issues that you think are specific to the areas that you're working in? A lot of people might not know this, but Burlington is a refugee resettlement city. Particularly, our neighborhoods are broken down. You know, you got the South End, the New North End. You also have the Old North End. And in the Old North End, that's where a lot of our new Americans live. That's where a lot of our refugees live. And something that we have been working on lately is understanding why new Americans aren't voting in Burlington. 4% of new Americans voted in in the last primary. And the reason for that is because a lot of our signs were in English. And so what we've been doing is been partnering with a lot of organizations to make sure that's not the case for this general election. And so looking at healthcare access, little things like that we've been noticing in our community that really add up to be a big deal. Even though you do such a good job balancing your science, academic, and politics and government, Are you planning to pursue any one over the other in more depth, or are you going to try to continue with this kind of balanced relationship you're having? I'm I'm just curious about like your goals, because it seems like a really interesting path that you're going on. So I'm a biology major, like I'm taking an ecology class right now, but I'm, I'm taking a physics class too. And these are great. Like, it's so exciting. And I'm taking biochemistry and I don't know, I think I walked into college and I was like, all right, God find a lab. Gonna get in this lab, gonna do it. It's gonna be great. And it was great. But I also felt this 
kind of push and pull. And I felt that the science I was learning, I was being taught as if it occurred in a vacuum. And I knew it didn't. And I learned really early on, we were learning about, you know, Charles Darwin and the Beagle is the name of the ship that he sailed on to the Galapagos. And then I found out when I read a book that Sir Francis Galton was his cousin. And I don't know if you guys know, like Sir Francis Galton was like the father of the eugenics movement. And he's the guy that created the bell curve. And I was never taught that in school. And it led me to, to think a little bit deeper, to not label yourself, not now, not in college, not ever. Um, one of my old bosses taught me that when you label someone, you limit them. And so I walked in as a pre-vet student and I actually still really intend to pursue veterinary school. But if I had walked in as a pre-vet kid, it's not wrong, but I don't know that I would have pursued public policy the degree to which I do now. And I don't know that I would have thought to apply for a master's in public health program because it doesn't fit with the narrow-minded view of what a pre-vet student ought to be, right? And that's not fair. And so don't limit yourself and don't label yourself. It's going to be great. My question is, as far as like identity politics and things of that nature go, how are you trying to strike a balance of catering to the needs of different communities without being too intrusive or you know, assuming that that's their most important identifier when it's, it's not. The very short answer is that you're always working on it. The longer answer is that you involve community leaders. So in my health policy class that I am taking, we are learning about how to craft steering committees. So a steering committee is a committee in which you amass different groups of people depending on the issue. So to give an example, if your issue is looking at disparate healthcare outcomes in the Old North End in Burlington, Vermont, then you'd want to include people in the Old North End. But you'd also want to include someone from the UVM Medical Center. You'd also want to include a lawmaker or two. You might want to include an insurance rep too. And so It's a really tricky thing with identity politics because you strike this balance between recognizing and embracing the sovereignty of a person while also catering to the needs of a community. And so I cannot speak to the experience of anyone else other than my own. And I wouldn't want to. And I do not live in the Old North End. So though I can research databases... And though I can go and walk around in the Old North End, I am not a a member or a citizen of that community. So I would need to include members of that community. And that is kind of the way in which you can bridge the gap of identity politics. I just wanted to know how being involved in local politics has shaped your opinion of the way that politics works, like what your experience in it has been and how it's really shaped your idea and your view of what politics is and how it affects people's lives. It has shown me the degree to which the national politics, like you said, every four years, it seems like it's all you can talk about, right? Like Trump or Biden, Trump or Biden, who's going to win? Who's going to win? It's going to make all the difference in the world. And it does matter. It matters so much, but the local elections matter a lot too, right? Like who's on your student board? who is part of your city council. And so when you look at like a bottom up, right? Like think of a foundation, think of a pure Trump v. Biden is the tippy tippy top, but 
they are held up. They quite literally stand on the shoulders of giants. And so if you can build a solid foundation, then that really has a trickle up effect actually. And I think I see that when I'm on city council calls, when I'm on Zoom meetings or whatever, and I hear citizens call in and they say, hey, listen, like this policy has impacted me in this way, or like, could we please look into this for this reason? And it is these individual citizens who are speaking to a city council, which interacts with the mayor and they have direct impact. It has shown me the degree to which local politics matters just as much, if not more, than the national politics. As someone who didn't grow up in Vermont, who is now working on a campaign and very immersed in the local community where you go to school, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit more about how you were able to familiarize yourself with the community so well and to the point where you're really able to think about the policies that could be implemented to improve the community you're living in. The answer is the time. And I think like just before this, I was at the grocery store, right? And I like ran into my TA from organic chemistry. I ran into someone who lived down the hall from me freshman year. I ran into my Spanish professor. And that's local politics, right? When I was really working in the news section of our student paper, I had professors email me and say, hey, listen, off the record, you should look into this. And by spending time physically in the community, right? Like going to your local YMCA, walking around the downtown, going and seeing what's up. This is how you see what your neighbors need and what they want. As I said before, you cannot live the experience of someone else other than yourself. But that doesn't mean that you can't seek to understand it. And you seek to understand it through taking the time to do so. And so getting out there, being active in your community, that is the way that you figure out what the people need. Attesting to your experience, right? I've been working on a campaign in a different borough and knowing New York, every borough is so, so different in terms of its characteristics and constituents. And my experience was I went door knocking with someone else, right? A resident of the district for weeks on end last summer. So I could get a feel for just who they were, where I was working, would walk, would talk to people on the ferry every day and get acclimated before I even knocked doors on my own. And just the idea you were saying of like immersing yourself and being willing to, to just be there and understand before you try to actively campaign makes a lot of sense and, and ring really true and, and still does to this day for me. Yeah, Olivia, that's so cool. And I'm sure that all of you guys have such really cool experiences. And if there's anything that we can look at in like the collective pain of this moment, right? When it seems like our days are filled with death and fear. Like I really believe that it is a new America that is being conceived of and demanded by kids like you guys. And you're not kids at all. Like you are young adults. Some of you can even vote. And we all live in a society where we can ensure basic frameworks where people can be covered by health insurance, where we can have a living wage. We can send our kids to college without a mortgage's worth of debt. And we do that with the efforts of you guys. And it's a larger discussion of like, how do you bring moral courage to politics. And I think it's a unifying principle among Gen Zers. And so I really admire your efforts to go yeah. out there and try to see the experience. I love that call to action, right? Like regardless of where people stand on the political spectrum, 
I think this moment of allowing Gen Z to understand the power of their voice, right? No longer can we be silenced. And, and we've seen that what we say and what we do actually has value. It's not just older people telling us that it's a value and then pushing it to the side, I think is, is, is more important than ever. What kind of effect does being a student have on your uh, ability to campaign and work with people of high caliber and status? The answer is I'm not sure because every member of the campaign that we're on, we're all students and we're all 20, 21, 22, just emailing all of these people in power and we show up. There's a Women's March tomorrow in Montpelier that we're all going to go to. And I don't know like how it would be different if one of us weren't a student and a, and a full-time student that because being a part-time student is like a very different experience, of course. So I'm not sure. I think a lot about like food insecurity among students in Burlington. Like one in five students are food insecure when they move off campus. And I think that that is a statistic I might not know if I myself were a student. And so I think that we are like definitely more attuned and more nuanced in our understanding of what it means to be a full-time student. But I think that there are, there's the flip side of that where we do need to spend more time in the community because we like occupy a very specific sphere within that. What are some pieces of advice that you would have to students that want to go into politics and want to help to create more of a direct impact on their communities while being at such a young age? Keep asking, keep pushing. It's sometimes a fine line between being a journalist and trying to be unbiased, but then also like very deeply believing in those basic frameworks and bringing morality to politics. And I think that the way that you can blend those two is to keep passing through the open windows. And, you know, my grandmother used to say like that when like one door closes, another opens. And I think that we live in a time more than ever through the power of the internet, through the power of social media, where we as young people can truly stand up and say we deserve a space at the table. And we are the future. And, you know, we get to decide what America ought to But the way to do that is to enunciate our vision through asking questions and through continuing to be curious. So keep knocking on those doors. I would like to know a little bit more about what you guys do outside of the classroom. I hear you guys are working on campaigns and you're working as journalists and you're co-founding all these things. This is great. What do you guys do? Yeah, well, I think I, I preface this with the context to why I do what I do. Right. And I go to a very, very, very progressive private school in New York that ideologically feels like quite the echo chamber. And I kind of saw the worst of that at my school with kids getting sent out of the classroom for not agreeing with a teacher, students ostracizing other students for thinking something differently, thinking in a different way, not having the same beliefs. And it really, really upset me. And at the same time, I saw the best of what bringing two sides together could be and could look like. I went to Seeds of Peace. It brings together teens from regions of conflict. So I lived with Israelis and Palestinians and Jordanians and Egyptians as as one of few lucky Americans, right, where we were literally forced to confront our own biases and problems and live amongst each other. And all of this kind of motivated me to bridge a lot of ideological divides in my own community and led me to join NGP and create a chapter at my own school. And also through my school newspaper, I'm also passionate about journalism have been working really hard on expanding our op-ed section to have a pro-con for every every op-ed that we put in, in an issue. And so I'd say a lot of the work I've been doing has been centered around creating spaces for dialogue and debate of, of multiple viewpoints. And then also 
um, to your point on food insecurity, I also help run my synagogue's food pantry, which has been crazy in COVID. I am working on a lot of similar themes as Olivia, as we all are. I co-founded this organization with a classmate of mine after noticing in our school community, kind of similar but not identical to Olivia, a situation where everybody in a classroom would say only one view and perhaps either share a view or be scared of bringing up another view. You know, personally, my views align very closely with my community, like, again, very liberal school, but I think there's... a lot of value in academic spaces of exploring multiple perspectives. And it was just seemed like such a missed opportunity to me that in a school you wouldn't have organized conversations to learn from other views, if only to refine your own perspective and like test it. Other than that, I'm interested in foreign language and I do a lot of that too. I guess you could call this the beginning of kind of my chapter this summer because, you know, I was really knowledgeable in everything that was going on, but I never really took a definitive standpoint on anything because I was so afraid to politically express myself without being attacked because I'm a conservative, but I like to think of myself different from the general definition of a conservative. So, you know, I joined YVOTE, Next Generation Politics in the summer, and, you know, then I started to take a more active role, be a lead civic fellow for Next Generation Politics, and Sandra approached me about being a podcaster, and this is just the beginning for me. Before this, I guess I just was a kid who watched a lot of C-SPAN, visited the UN, and just kind of watched from the sidelines, so that's, that's just me. I say I come from a conservative hometown too. Like, it, it, speak your truth. Like, your perspective is really important. So I'm only 15, but my passion for politics started five years ago. I was 10, and I ran my first election in my school, and I ran for vice president of my student body, and I won that election. And I think that that was a real wake-up call that you can do so much for your community. It doesn't matter how small it is. I come from a very diverse community. I'm uh, half Hispanic and Jewish. I kind of felt like I was in a sheltered bubble that didn't really have access to all the horrors of the outside world. But as I got older, I started to realize, pay more attention to what was going on in other communities and felt like I needed to contribute my voice in some way. I've also worked with my senator, who's Andrew Gennardis, and I was on a youth pedestrian safety task force. There's so many crossroads in my community that has like dangerous left turns and no bike lanes and things like that. So I just kind of developed a passion for my community in a sense. And that's what landed me in Why Vote and Next Generation Politics. I've been doing a lot of journalism is like something I'm really passionate about. So being part of the blog with Next Generation Politics is like a huge part of things that I do. I get to read different political perspectives and learn about different issues. And it's really interesting and it's something I really enjoy. I'm also co-editor-in-chief with my school newspaper, so just keeping the same vein of things, it's really interesting to me. I'm also interested in politics. I work with my local League of Women Voters chapter and with the New Jersey High School Democrats, and we do a lot of phone banks and stuff like that. And it's really interesting just how active you can be as like a young person in politics, like nowadays, especially with everything that's going on. I feel like young people have become more aware of the way that their lives are changing due to politics and due to social justice issues. And I think it's something that I'm really glad to be a part of.
That's all for today with Next Gen Politics. Special thanks to our editor, Clara Medina, our producer, Sanda Balaban, and to Jeremiah Hunt for our opening and closing music. Please check out our website at www.nextgenpolitics.org for links related to what we've discussed and to find out more about our work. And please recommend us to your civic-minded friends or to your friends you'd like to become more civic-minded. This is Maggie Yu for Next Gen Politics.